Welcome to the AWS Startup Stories, a weekly podcast about getting a business off the ground, keeping it there, and growing it further. In each episode, we'll be talking to one or several rising stars of the startup world and hear about their stories and ideas, the obstacles they've had to overcome, and the things they wish they'd known before they got started on building their digital businesses. My name is Darren Mori, and I lead the startup and venture capital team for Amazon Web Services. And today, I'm very happy to welcome Anne Bowden, CEO and founder of Starling Bank, the first UK mobile-only retail bank. Good morning, Anne. Thanks so much for spending some time with us today. I have to tell you that we're really excited to hear about your story, not only transitioning from an enterprise background, but also really getting something super exciting started in the fintech space at Starling Bank. For many, as you know, banking would seem like an impenetrable sector with established players and uh, heavy regulations. But for people like yourself, it seems to have been a window of opportunity that continues to deliver on a daily basis. That's what I'm really excited to hear about today. You've overcome some really big challenges and had convinced the world and specifically the regulators that your idea has some merit. And so we're really appreciative of you being here today. Before we kick off, I'd really appreciate you just introducing yourself. Uh, If you would give us an idea of your background, where you've come from and where you are today. Hi. Um, well, thanks for inviting me here today. Um, well, after 35 years in the banking and technology industry, I decided to start a bank. So why was that? Well, um, well, my background for starters, I was a computer science grad that started in the banking industry in the early 80s and spent my career going around the world running technology functions, finance functions. And I got to a situation where I realized that banking was broken. The models were broken. And it is possible to build things in the fintech world. Um, Well, you could use, you could take hundreds of thousands of pounds and the equivalent would take perhaps tens of millions in a big bank. And I decided to quit my job and um, start the adventure of starting a new bank. That's excellent. And as you've said, your experience not only has a deep technical background, but also you've spent a lot of time as an enterprise uh, technologist and executive in very, very large financial services industries. And as you can imagine, there are definitely listeners to this podcast who are maybe in a similar boat, who are in very large companies or who find themselves with a background really full of, of big company experience. And they may be asking themselves, well, I have an interesting idea. I think I can actually make a difference, but can I be a startup founder? And so can you give me a bit of insight into how did you think about making that shift from a, a big company, big enterprise person to being a startup founder? I had to do it. Basically, I came to the conclusion that it was possible to do things in the new world um, with new sort of technologies that had been never before possible in the old enterprise world. I'd gone through periods of offshoring and outsourcing and transforming and cost cutting. Um, you know, I'd been through every single era of the enterprise CIO CTO's journey. Um, and I came to the conclusion that whilst I was focusing on well, repairing the financial system post-crisis, technology had dramatically changed. There were things that were now possible that nobody could do, do before. Um, you could actually use lots of services, slot them together in an interesting way. And above all, the regulator now encouraged it. The regulator now encouraged innovation. And I had to take the opportunity of making it happen. 
I think that's a really powerful point of you saying that the regulator encouraged the very innovation that sometimes I know in highly regulated industries, uh, many of us may, may ask ourselves, is the regulator trying to help us innovate, trying to help us do new and interesting things? And what I hear you saying is the answer is definitely yes in this case, mm-hmm. which brings us to Starling, you know, a super interesting company doing some amazing things in the fintech space, not only being a trailblazer uh, in terms of being a, a cloud-based bank, uh, but I, what I'd like to do is, if you don't mind, uh, have you spend some time talking about what really differentiates Starling mm-hmm. Bank and what is it from a product and a technology perspective that you would say really makes uh, your company different? I spent a lot of my career defending a, an old banking model. Um, it's like holding back the tide. Um, we were all sitting there thinking that we could sell one product, then cross-sell and upsell, and then perhaps even miss-sell another product. Um, that was not defensible. Things had moved on. People were making decisions in a whole new way all over the world. You know, people were were shopping differently with Amazon. People were buying their music differently. But they were still doing their banking in the old-fashioned way. So was the world going to change? I felt that a model where a customer is captured and then sold lots and lots of other products um, and didn't have choice... um, Well, it was just too old-fashioned. Things had moved on. I saw a world where a company would do one thing really, really well, really focus on what it's really good at, and then live in a marketplace with other products, other products being provided, um, that would produce the whole suite of financial services that a customer would enjoy. Um, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I can be the best provider of the best mortgage, the best long-term saving product. We'll do the best current account, the best checking account in the world. And we'll link into payment systems. Um, and we'll build our own technology stack. And we'll deliver that alongside other products provided by other vendors on their balance sheets. So we can give the customer the best possible solution. I think that's a really powerful point. You know, you mentioned not keeping the customer captive and doing one thing very, very well. I think that's an important point for our listeners to be to be aware of as well. Um, what we find, uh, as you can imagine, is there are many very, very compelling and exciting people thinking of world-changing ideas. But I think the, the point that you've raised of picking something specific and doing that one thing very, very well and considering yourself a part of a fabric of other players that allow you to bring a whole new experience to customers is, I think, a very, very valuable point. Um, obviously, let, let's move to the regulator side. So you have a compelling idea. You've made an excellent point that the consumer demand and the, the level of consumer sophistication provided you an opportunity to do things differently. And yet, as we've said, you've picked an opportunity or picked a market that has some pretty strong requirements around it. So when you developed this idea and decided to bring it to market, what was the resistance that you received? And how did you go about understanding that resistance and planning to engage appropriately to resolve any of those concerns? Uh, Starting a bank is not for the faint-hearted. It is very, very difficult. Um, The hurdles are very high, quite rightly so. Um, We look after people's money, uh, and their money is very, very important. Therefore, the regulator insists on top-quality services, top-quality systems, the best processes, and to ensure the customer's money is safe. Because all our balances, well, up to um, £85,000 are covered by the Financial Services Guarantee Scheme. So the regulator sets the highest standard and doesn't actually lower them because you're a startup. 
what they do is to help you through the process. When we started this process back in the beginning of 2014, um, and we went to the regulator and said, um, we want to do it on the cloud, because that gives us the best option of actually delivering the service quality we need, the resilience we need, at a, at a variable cost. Um, they all scratched their heads and say it wasn't possible. Um, during 2014, 2015, the, the regulator worked very hard with us um, to make sure that um, it was possible. And we're very proud to now say that we're a fully regulated bank offering retail current account services um, to in the UK. We're the 13th member of the faster payment service in the UK. Therefore, we offer services um, that no other banks um, apart from those 13, 14 banks can deliver. Um, and we're in the cloud. Mm -hmm. I think that's really an, another very interesting point. And if you don't mind, I'll ask a, a follow-up question, which is those people who are also interested in becoming a part of this fabric that you talk about in financial services, but there may be some trepidation, some concern about doing what you've done, of approaching the regulators. Is there any guidance that you'd give a fintech founder or startup executive that's interested in, in the same space as you're in when they're thinking about approaching a regulator or building a business plan? Any one or two pieces of advice that you think would really help them uh, advance their thinking, specific to the regulator? Read the regulations. Um, you know, don't read commentary on the regulations. Become familiar with them. You know, make them your friend. Um, those regulations are setting out to actually make things fairer and um, uh, more resilient for customers. And as a startup founder, you should have the same objectives. You care about customers as well. Those regulations are your friend. Read them, enjoy them, and actually have good conversations with the regulators. There's an easy way for those fintechs out there that want to offer banking services, um, apps uh, to consumers or, or small businesses. Uh, we at Starling Bank, a couple of weeks ago, launched our Starling Developer uh, platform. This has a full suite of APIs um, to uh, bank accounts, uh, payment APIs, uh, create account APIs, everything you need to set up um, uh, a banking service to consumers. Um, we are very, very proud that we're the only bank in the UK to offer those on a full uh, retail bank account. Um, we are the 13th member of Faster Payments, so you can directly connect into Faster Payments as well. So we're very proud of this, and we're encouraging all these uh, uh, fintech startups out there to start using them. Um, they're free. So we spent some time talking about the power of the Starling developer platform and how you're not only having a vision of creating this connected fabric of companies, but you're enabling that to occur. And I think that's super powerful. But I also understand that you have the Starling marketplace with partners like TransferWise and others. Can you help me understand the difference between the developer platform and the marketplace? And how should startups consider those two different opportunities differently when considering working with you? If you're a small startup um, or even a larger organization that wants to use um, the power of a bank account uh, be uh, behind your app or your service, we have the developer APIs. Those uh, APIs are free to use. Go ahead and start using them. We also have the marketplace. The marketplace is where we offer our customers um, a whole range of services um, so they can um buy those services from you, the marketplace providers, in a very, very convenient way. Um, for example, uh, we have products with um, 
loan products, we have savings products, we have long-term investment project products in that marketplace. And TransferWise is just one of those products. That's really exciting because, as you said earlier, you believe in being a part of a fabric, and yet you don't only have that vision, but you're enabling that to actually happen. So you're doing your one thing very, very well, and then you've used technology to create this this fabric. So you're actually putting your money where, where your mouth is, as they say. And I think that's a, that's a very exciting point. Um, Understanding that there's definitely some listeners that are going to be in the fintech space or are already there who would be interested in learning more, what steps would you recommend they take to become a little more familiar with the Starling developer platform and take those initial steps to actually become a part of this fabric that you're building? If you want to start a business, you have to actually get stuck in and start doing stuff. Um, please go on to our website, our developer um, portal, um, join the Slack channel, um, start using these things, engage with us, get some help from us, because we want you to start using these APIs and start creating wonderful things for your customers. Being a founder, there's many requirements that you may face outside of just the regulator, one being raising funding. And from what I understand, you took a little bit of a different approach. Rather than going to an angel investor or to a venture capital fund, you took a different approach to getting started. Can you share with our listeners what you did and why you chose to go down that path? VCs look to invest in businesses that look like other businesses. Um, They're at a certain stage. uh, They require so much funding. Uh, They look like something that's been done before. And when you're coming along with something that's never, ever been done before, a new fintech bank that's built on new technologies, it doesn't fit into any of the boxes the VCs have seen before. So what I did was to leverage my network. I'm very grateful that I had lots of people out there that that helped me along the road. Um, you know, some of the big consultancies helped me. Um, people gave me premises. Um, people loaned me staff. And I will be ever grateful for those people that helped me on the way. Um, but when we spent a couple of years in this phase, um, we then raised um, substantial capital from an investor um, that saw the potential of a new fintech bank based on new technology with a new business model that had never been done before. Excellent. Before we run out of time, I'd like to touch on a couple of things that I think make your startup culture and the company that you're that you're building very unique. And as you know, many of our listeners who are already starting companies or who are thinking of starting companies think a lot about culture and how they want to operate. And some things struck me when I when I got to know you a little bit better, and I'd love for you to share those things with our listeners. One being your approach to internal meetings. You and I joked a little bit before this podcast that we both come from big company backgrounds where internal meetings can literally suck the life out of a a good idea or a good team. We at Amazon have an interesting approach to internal meetings, and it sounds like you as well have put some energy into that. Can you share how do you take internal meetings and make them uh, different, make them powerful? I think internal meetings and internal presentations um, can kill a company. The longer you spend preparing presentations for each other, the longer it's going to take to get something out there to customers for them to to see and approve and enhance your ideas. So everything we do at Starling is about customers. Everything we prepare is something that will eventually go in front of a real customer. Don't present to each other internally. Don't talk about politicking to each other internally. The only thing that matters is that customers really want what Starling delivers, and we take customer feedback, not feedback from each other. Excellent guidance. I'd also like to hear your perspective on talent. 
specifically in startups, but really in fintechs. There's many, many research studies saying that the access to the right talent is one of the biggest challenges associated with fintech innovation and fintech growth. But you also take a little bit of a different approach from what I understand. So can you talk about how do you identify, source, and attract the talent that you want to, uh, to join you in Starlink? We're very lucky in Starling. We are doing something very exciting. Um, we're quite unique in what we're doing. Uh, we can attract the best talent from all over the world. Um, but we hire for strengths. We hire for those people that really have big strengths, that's going to think outside the box, that are going to actually stretch us and challenge us. Um, big banks, big organizations are full of people who sit within the boundaries, who are not going to rock the boat. We look for those people that are going to be real characters in the organization that can actually challenge us, that can push us, can actually use their strengths to come up with innovation and ideas that could change the world for our customers one day. Excellent insight. So before we run out of time, I'll ask you one final question, and that is, if you were to give one piece of valuable feedback to a startup founder or someone considering starting a new business, what would that one piece of valuable feedback be? Never give up. My advice to those founders out there that have a great vision, that really want to do something different, is to pursue that vision. Don't water it down. Pursue it. Don't get put off. Because the only ideas that would succeed and change this fabric of the world we're living at the moment, the ones that are different. So many people said to me, yeah, you can't start a bank, do something simple. Um, no, I wanted to create the bank that would change financial services for the better. That's excellent, Anne. We really appreciate your insights today. It's a phenomenal story of a great idea, transitioning your own experience into something new as well as tackling a really big challenge, but keeping the focus of your customers and the opportunity to build a bigger market uh, as, your, as your main focus. We've learned a lot from the discussion today, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. In the next episode from AWS Startup Stories, we'll be talking to Clementine Lalande, CFO and COO of Once Dating, about going global with a startup. I hope you'll join us then. If you've enjoyed this episode, check out the AWS Startup Stories webpage in the description of the podcast for more interesting content. Here you can sign up to receive the podcast in your inbox along with the weekly cheat sheet. If you'd like to learn more about AWS and how we help startups set up their infrastructure and build their businesses, check out the AWS Startup blog.